when I started seeing my friends who had become teachers smoke weed, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> this can't be that bad. All my teachers were smoking weed and I had no clue. Hey there, and welcome to The Hazy Pod, a new podcast for the high-minded and the kind of curious. I'm Jessica. I'm Meg. And I'm Nick. We'll be taking you with us as we learn about all things cannabis. No prior stoner experience needed. Get ready to explore this magical plant with us every week on The Hazy Pod. So light up a joint or pop a gummy and let's get hazy. Welcome to Hazy Pod. We're excited you're here for our first episode. Let's start with how we met and why we're here. Yes. Um, Meg, you kind of brought us all together. Do you want to? Sure. Yeah. So I know Nick and Jess separately from separate areas of life, but we're both, we're all creatives and I knew that they would get along. Um, Nick and I know each other from back when we both lived in Guatemala and Jess and I have known each other in the creative space in Salt Lake City where we live. And so I always thought it'd be fun to have a business with friends or a podcast with friends. And we all fell in love with weed around the same time and decided to go for it together this summer while we were all unemployed girlies. Um, and yeah, I will let Jess go into her story and go. Meg, I think we... I, we actually met through church, yeah. I think. Back, uh, really religious Christian? Yeah, we were, I think we were both on the edges of like leaving the religion we grew up in. We grew up in the Mormon religion. And uh, yeah, it just kind of, I feel like those people find each other like when you're both spiritually confused. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, my my interest in cannabis really was part health part recreational and because growing up like super religious it was just always something that was never an option until I, I left and then I was like oh weed is an option let's see what that's all about and then just discovered a lot of healing and through it so yeah Nick I'm glad Meg has brought us together yeah it has been so awesome getting to know you Jess and uh, like she said I I knew we were gonna hit it off I'm just pumped that we can all do this and that we all found each other at this like perfect intersection of life the unemployment uh, has probably been hard for all of us in different ways but I think it leaves that creative space and then also that time to sort of explore and really dig into things that you know these projects that you don't even have have the time or the energy to think about um when your when your brain and your time and your day is full of so many other things so yeah like meg said we uh met in guatemala probably oh my goodness five years ago six years ago already in in panahachel um around lake adilan which is such a magical place and i just think yeah the thing we had no idea the sort of friendship we might forge and the um journey it would take us on so I'm just super excited um, to dig into this with you all. Yeah. Nick, do you want to tell us how you got into weed and like what your first experiences with cannabis looked like? You know, I feel like I'm just a lover of all things natural and plants. And quite honestly, like I don't know if I have a prolific moment ingrained as my mind in my mind as like a first big experience. For me, it's like more of a blur of hot boxing on back roads with friends. Um <laughs> Or sitting on couches watching, you know, funky movies with the lights off. But it's kind of cliche, but it's true. And I guess, you know, in current day exploration, I'd say that I just approach cannabis and use with maybe um, intentionality and also with hopes of always just having a better understanding for the medicinal properties and parts of the plant. So, you know, as we've all developed, probably not to speak for you too, but some really fun adult anxiety, dabbling with different strains for sleep has been really helpful. Um, and also as a pretty active, like 30 some year old, 
I've struggled with some high blood pressure and want to explore the ways to mix botanicals like hibiscus and CBD to, um, yeah, just sort of like get that all in check. Yeah. And just playing off of that, um, my first experience with cannabis that I can recall was actually when Nick and I lived in Guatemala. I was dating a certain bartender who was oh my god, appreciate you, bud, for getting me into cannabis for the first time. Um, obviously, it was illegal there, and I was very nervous because having grown up Mormon, I was terrified of drug use in any form, and I thought that I would immediately be arrested, go to jail, go to hell if I dabbled in anything like that. Yeah. Um, and I had siblings and friends who got in trouble with the law in high school for using cannabis and psychedelics. And so I stayed far away from that stuff until I was probably in my mid-20s and had deconstructed my Christian background um, before I really started to dive into it in a medicinal way uh, for chronic pain. And I got involved with the Utah Cannabis Medical Program here, and it's just changed my quality of life. I'm able to sleep without heavy-duty pain meds, and I'm able to function and do my job and sit for long periods of time without feeling like I need to just cry because of my back pain. I have scoliosis, and cannabis really helps just loosen everything up and helps me focus, helps me get creative. And yeah, it's a magical plant that I'm really excited to share with other people. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Megan. You know, like alternatively... Like, we're not here to claim that we're experts or, like, you know, how to be a stoner 101. Um, it's obviously with intentionality and to know the risks, right? But I mm -hmm. think what is so um, disappointing in modern day American society is, you know, anything taboo isn't talked about to the point that then people have to sort of like seek it out or secretly experiment with it and you know because of um legalization not happening until well just recently in minnesota and also you know still struggling with that in utah where you girlies are it's like people don't always have incredible experiences um and are maybe afraid to talk about their experiences you know and um, it hasn't always been incredible, but it's been a journey like, you know, um, I've turned into a cicada after accidentally eating two potent Delta 8 cookies, thinking they were my partner's <laughs> mom's ginger snap. But oh, yeah, yeah. So that, that's definitely a story for a different yeah. episode. So it makes me sad when I hear people be like, oh, I tried it and it was awful. I had like the worst experience because a lot of t there's just so much more to weed than just being like here take this brownie or here take this gummy which is usually kind of how people get into it out here in Utah just because it, it looks safer than smoking it's more accessible than smoking so you'll see people out here get like really curious and then they'll take an edible and have no clue what's in it they'll have no clue what strain it is how much is in there um, and so then they have a bad experience and then they just kind of see it as you know something untouchable that you know they don't want to kind of go back to and yeah I'm glad we're doing this because there's there's just so much that goes into cannabis science wise that I think we're all still learning about um, but would be exciting to to kind of have some experts on the show that are more expert than us yeah kind of share yeah. uh, their knowledge with us throughout this yeah. podcast we're hoping to talk to experts in cannabis science um, bud tenders people who've had experience with using it um, for indigenous purposes and spirituality and really get into all the different facets of cannabis so we want to share um, a segment on the show. So every episode we're going to have um, two truths and a lie. We're all familiar with that game where we're going to break some of those cannabis stigmas. And this is going to be a softball, some people say, sport analogy. That is sport <laughs> analogies. We'll do this every episode. Number one, cannabis can reduce pain, nausea, and seizures. 
And number two, cannabis can improve sexual desire and orgasms, especially for women. And number three, cannabis is a gateway drug. So out of those three, (laughs) which is the lie. Obviously, it's the gateway drug. Um, A 2023 psychological medicine study showed that there's actually no evidence to support the notion that it's a gateway. Yeah, I feel like that was, at at least religious-wise, that was something that, you know, like our religion growing up really expressed for some reason that any drug, alcohol, coffee, like you were automatically like needed to be in rehab. Like that was kind of the the picture that 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 painted for me at least. So yeah, when I I remember when I like smoked weed for the first time, I was I was an adult, probably like 24, 25 at that time. And yeah, I was so scared. I was so paranoid. Like obviously like certain strains will cause you to be more paranoid, but I already had this existing belief that, you know, like if I smoke weed, like I'm not gonna be able to hold a job. Like that was the belief that I had in my head. Gotta break that, um, break that stigma that cannabis is a gateway drug and that it'll leave you without a job and I especially without your kid. Hear, we can dive more into this on a later episode, Jess, but I'm interested to hear your take as a mother and mm-hmm. the stigma around drug, quote unquote, usage. Oh, yeah. Parents. Yeah. That'll be a good episode. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's some fun stuff around, especially in, in Utah. Also, like, what a notion that you can take um, a whole person and just because of one thing that they do, they like it's such a stamp, I feel like, in many forms of religion, like good stamp bad stamp right and like all of the beautiful things in between are just entirely overlooked not to get too intense but it's just kind of like a mild form of control it's really interesting to see the similarities between how y'all grew up and what it's like in um southeast minnesota too um you know, I don't know. I attended a, a pretty strict, um, specific synod of a Lutheran school. And I I mean, I don't even know that my family or my parents were that religious per se, but it does just bring such a, a heavy um, cloud to making decisions based around anything that is not um, perceived as holy, for lack of a better word. Something that I actually feel like has been a positive influence on how cannabis is perceived in pop culture is actually celebrities who use cannabis and are open about cannabis yeah. usage. Yeah. Um, I would love to hear from you guys. Who are your favorite celebs who, you know, smoke or you've seen talk about weed? In oh, I've got a lot. Public. I mean, like, I feel like you can't get past the fact that Snoop's always going to be the real MVP um, yeah. in this topic. Like, there's really just no up or down from there. That is the precedent. <laughs> I've heard that Snoop's Christopher makes like 70k, which I'm that's a dream job for me personally. If I ever learn how to roll a joint, yeah, I was about to say, wait, I would actually suck at that because I suck at rolling, but yeah. <laughs> um, for me, it, it's always been Rihanna. God bless Rihanna, especially like as a mom. I'm like, great, like, honestly, like, she, icon of mothers, icon of smokers. Lil Wayne's kind of always up there for me, too. Um, I would say my favorite that comes to mind is Casey Musgraves. She's had <laughs> a lot of. <laughs> different forms of weed iconography in her music and her um, shows. She posts photos on social media for smoking joints and I just love how open she is about it. She's clearly very successful and that doesn't impede her work in any way. Seeing these people who are very successful, I think, in pop culture consuming cannabis and using it to enhance their lives I think does a good job of bringing them the stigma that it's just dudes in their basement. Yeah. Get out of a pop can, you know? When I yeah. when I started seeing my friends who had become teachers smoke weed, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> this can't be that bad. I didn't, like, also, like, probably all my teachers are smoking weed and I had no clue. I mean, being in a room full of kids all day long just seems like an inevitable, you know, combo that that's how you would end your day. Like, 
I don't I wouldn't expect anything less of teachers. <laughs> um, I think also as Americans kind of shift their viewpoint to kind of realize that alcohol is maybe not as safe as everyone thought it was. A lot of people are smoking more than they're drinking. And I've actually seen studies that Americans perceive weed as more healthy than alcohol, which I think is really interesting. OK, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because this is not a product placement thing. We're this is our first episode. We do not have any product placements. Yeah. Do you want to stop going on? Out? <laughs> but I started wearing this whoop band a couple months ago and it tracks my recovery. So your recovery is based on your your heart rate variability. It's basically saying like when you're sleeping, are you resting and digesting or are you still in fight mode? It asks me a certain amount of questions every day and it tracks and kind of parallels those. And so I'll, it'll ask me if I smoked or consumed marijuana or if I had alcohol, how many drinks did I have at what time? And every time that I've drank, my recovery the next day has always been at least 20% lower than my normal days. So my body is not healing. I just started tracking it enough for it to see the trend with cannabis. And my recovery is up 4% every time, that, on average, every time that I'm consuming cannabis. So it's very, that science is, is wild. I think we've known that for a long time, honestly. I think it, I think doctors and, uh, you know, capitalists have known this for a while, but we just, no one wanted to share it because how it would affect the economy. And alcohol is so ingrained in American culture and socializing and you hardly can go anywhere outside your home and interact with other adults and not have alcohol there so it's very it takes a lot of conscious effort to choose to consume something other than cannabis or not consume anything at all yes i also want to be very clear that i also consume alcohol yeah. definitely yeah. still drink just fine I, yeah I the difference between the drinking in your 30s though y'all that hits different and i just cannot i cannot hang i'm like one one high quality cocktail please and that's about it for me we can literally uh slowly and legally poison ourselves with alcohol in the united states of america but a medicinal plant is still considered so naughty and so taboo yeah yeah and we find that's those contradictions everywhere yeah, our, yeah. About. absolutely actually interestingly cannabis smoking now outpaces cigarettes for american adults i think even 10 or 15 years ago we would not have seen anything like that and yeah. i think as people realize how dangerous smoking and vaping is they might choose to turn to other forms of relaxation so it'll be interesting to see as the trend continues over time or changes what that looks like as gen z gets older and decides to drink or not drink or use yeah. cannabis or not and, and the more accessible it becomes right like exactly. the moment it gets federally legalized like it'll be a lot of really interesting data to look at when it comes to tons of different things health life longevity crime that's something that a lot of people like to use to fight against you know the the war on drugs and a bit everywhere i mean i so, can't imagine anything less appealing to me when i'm high than going out to do crimes like all i want to know <laughs> so funny to me we want to answer some listener questions and share funny or successful stories that you all have when it comes to the can of curious experiences in your life um obviously since this is the first episode we don't um have any of your questions yet but we hope to have them in our inboxes soon like i would love for you to share your cicada story yeah to it shout out to my partner and shout out to his mother it's really interesting um i don't know they're probably gonna laugh so hard if they listen to this which i kind of hope they don't but it'll be funny if they do um <laughs> 
So, yeah, it was a, a beautiful summer day in Chicago. I think it was last summer, maybe two summers ago. And we were um, about ready to go for a long bike ride. And I went over to my partner's place after work, um, was snacking on some lovely little cookies that were on the counter. I was very convinced that they were his mother's um, famous homemade beautiful little ginger snap cookies. And... Indeed, they were not. They were um, very high potency. I don't even want to throw out a number here because I don't remember. But like, I want to say thirty to sixty milligrams. Oh my god, to eight per cookie. So So I have consumed one whole cookie by the time my partner uh, realizes what's going on, and I have the second half of the second one in my mouth. And I could just tell by the look on his face that it was not not his mother's cookies, and that something was wrong. So he was like, uh, he he was like, babe, uh, what are you doing? And I was like, what do you mean? These I thought these were your mom's. And he was like, no, they um, they are not. I got them from the from the store earlier. And I was like, OK, why the fuck are they in a Tupperware container already? And then where's the packaging? <laughs> and so, you know, like composed ourselves. And I was like, all right, what are we talking about here? Like, what's the potency? Um, do I need to spit them out? Do I make myself puke right now? What's like, what are we working with? And I don't want to shit on him at any point of the story because we've had so many discussions about how ridiculous this all was and like a little bit of a mental setback for me. But I was like, so what are we talking about? And he goes, um, I think it should be okay. Um, I took one like an hour ago and I don't feel anything. So you should be fine. I was like, okay, I gotta just I gotta just ride this one out. I'm gonna have to like obviously no bike ride happened. I would have like hit or been hit. <laughs> I would have hit something, someone would have hit me. Um so I just laid on his bed and stared at the ceiling and it was a nice hot summer day. So I just remember um like my body felt as though it was buzzing with the air conditioner and the cicadas outside. I think I probably fought off like a series of 20 mini panic attacks that I could literally feel like coming up from my toes up to my chest. You know, there was like I remember an episode of um uh the good place that Lalo tried to put on to distract me and it was helping at first but somewhere between um flying cows and I don't even remember what goes you know it just it wasn't helping so I think <laughs> it was the only thing that could uh get me down from that from that ride yeah we should do an episode on like what do you do when that happens because yeah. it's it's gonna happen to you eventually like it happens to everybody it happens Definitely. to everyone we all have stories of bad trips to say a tip now so that we're not leaving you empty-handed cbd will like cut down on a lot of those like hallucinogenic effects or those heady effects yeah. and bring you bring you down and sleep yeah sometimes yeah if you take sleep. some cbd in and it can knock you out like great yeah. just go to sleep and you'll feel better when you wake up and always remember that it's not going to last forever. I know when I've had a bad trip, I think I'm always going to feel like this. It's never going to end. And yeah. in a couple hours, you're going to feel better. So hang in there and we'll be giving you more tips on how to make sure that you're avoiding those situations. Yeah. You know, it happens. Yeah. And I think people also think like, okay, something becomes more mainstream. It becomes more extreme and people are going to use it to like the max. And it's like, no, that's not always the case. We are going to talk through these things so that you're actually educated on what might happen. Right. Because honestly, that was my first experience with Delta 8. And I was like, all right, in a brief, like before this shit hits me, before this cookie sets in, I need to know all the things 
I need to know like crunch time. I'm not the best way to learn about it, but that's why the more that we talk about these things and the more we connect about them um, and can be open and honest, the more that we, you know, next time can make a more educated decision on dosage, et cetera, product, you know. Exactly. Um, and how how old your product is can also make a difference. So mm-hmm. I had some gummies in my cupboard that were probably six months old and I popped one thinking it would be fine. And I had a really bad trip. And as an experienced smoker, it doesn't really happen to me all that much anymore because my body is really used to it. But, you know, occasionally things happen and I started thinking about DNA too hard and got really freaked out about all the molecules in my body. And I thought I was going to have to ask my partner to take me to the hospital because I was having a panic attack. So. Oh, but I took some CBD and went to sleep. Yeah, and CBD. That helped a lot. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. And push water. I feel like always yeah. pushing water helps. Get a lot of water. Yeah. Exactly. And see if you can distract yourself by watching a movie or something that calms you down and helps you feel more comfortable. Yeah. I actually didn't know that. I didn't know that there. I mean, obviously, there's an expiration date. Right. There's expiration dates on everything. But like my mascara is probably six years old. So like I don't pay attention to that. You should not be having a six-year-old mascara. (laughs) Maybe not six years old, but it's probably probably too old. You know, like it's something that you don't think like I didn't ever think about that with makeup. Now I'm like, oh, shit, maybe I need to like look at the date on my gummies. I've just heard it go either way. Like if it sits there, like, you know, what are we talking like this uh, age is like a fine wine and it's going to be awesome or even more potent or like, are we talking this is going to fuck my life up? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm interested in experts on how different strains and types of cannabis and different cannabinoids age. My favorite is when you get a pack of gummies and you leave them in the car. And they melt together. It's one, and then it's just a one liner <laughs> gummy, and you're like, it's I want to eat this. But guess what? One bite. Yeah, what it's bite. gonna be. <laughs> it ends up being eighty milligrams. Nibble, nibble, nibble. Yeah. <laughs> so check your dosage. Just the yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thinking about a store that Meg was actually with me on, and it was a bunch of uh, girlies from Salt Lake. We were going to Vegas. Um, we all took some gummies, and I was on a Marvel kick. I was binge watching all the Marvel movies and yeah and we're in the Uber and I'm like guys I feel like Doctor Strange like I felt like I was controlling time <laughs> just how do you know that you weren't controlling time though you I you did, maybe you were. honestly like here's the thing I, I think like those thoughts mm-hmm. that I was having were coming from somewhere they weren't just me like yeah like making nonsense Tri- uh, yeah yeah, I wasn't just tripping. And then there was also a time where uh, there's probably been only one really bad, like, anxious, anxious time. I think, Meg, you were actually, no, you weren't with me. I called you to pick me up. That's what it was. I called Meg to pick me up because I had smoked someone else's weed. And again, this is, like we said, this is why we're doing this because we want people to be a lot more educated about their consumption. So I smoked someone else's weed, not knowing what strain it was and not really knowing what my, like, relationship was with weed yet. So I didn't know that I was not good with sativas, like sativas, gave me so much anxiety so i smoked hers it was a sativa and i like i literally was curled up in a ball on the sidewalk like i'm so paranoid and just like waiting for meg to come pick me up like mom pick me up for the party but like looking back at that now too i'm like that also taught me something right i learned about uh, like how sativas affect people a certain way and like was able to be like oh i think i might have anxiety because i smoke this strain and the strain is known to like 
amplify anxiety. And so I I would hesitate sometimes to just put like, oh, that was a bad trip or that was awful or and maybe it was in the moment. But like, I don't think that stuff comes from anywhere. So it's an opportunity. I've always looked at it as an opportunity to be like, all right, what am I supposed to be learning from this? Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yep, yep. Well, thanks for listening to our first episode of Hazy Girls. We're glad you're here. If you like this episode, please share with a friend. Um, as it's our first episode, we want to get the word out about Hazy Gals and we'll be bringing you more fun and educational cannabis content, hopefully a couple times a month. And please tell us what you want to learn and hear about. Thanks, y'all. Thanks, Talk soon. Bye, Hazy Girls. Bye.